only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho, ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys will break down the Padres Royals trade, they'll give some Padres Twitter reaction, and Barry Bloom, shut the fuck up. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome everybody to Monday Night Podcast, the 5.5 Podcast coming to you uh, on Trade Monday, Emergency Podcast. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside my best friend and broadcast colleague, Eric LeBou. Exciting day, Eric. Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, I figure something would go down for us to be here on a Monday night. Yes, indeed, indeed. I am uh, free, Eric's free, so we decided uh, at work to do an emergency podcast. Um, So go ahead and break it down, Eric. It's a lot of big news going on. The Padres have made a trade. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm the one that should be breaking down the trade because yeah. about an hour into the trade, you had still thought that Brad Hand was part of the trade. Oh, it was more than an hour. It was more than an hour. Eric asked me, oh, on my last break, um, so who do you think is going to close? And I was trying to think to myself, I don't even know who's in the bullpen anymore. And he goes, what do you think, Hand? Like, why why would Hand close? Well, at least for the next week. I'm like, what what the hell are you talking about? Didn't he, didn't he go in the move? No, they sent Buckter... Uh, Cahill and Maurer. I was like, oh, I just got two white left-handed relievers mixed up is all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all. I haven't seen you that excited since your wedding. Yeah. Too soon? Oh, oh yeah, too soon. Too <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Bookter, Han- or, see, there I go. Uh, Ryan Bookter, Trevor Cahill, and Brandon Maurer. For Estri Ruiz, he seems to be the biggest piece of the trade, would, wouldn't you say so? I would agree. He seems to be kind of the lotto ticket that Preller loves, the uh, the Dominican kids um, yeah. who have fresh, a lot of upside. Fresh out of the womb, haven't passed their GED test yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Barely speak English. Actually, probably just hi, yes, Jess, yes. And no, and that's about it. So that's point at the signs of McDonald's. Yeah, so that's that's Preller. Um, he's he's going to go for those high upside guys, and we know that. Um, he's he's a risk taker for sure, and I'm I'm when it first happened the trade I was pissed. I was too because I legit thought Brad Hand was a part <laughs> of the trade. I was like, what the hell is this? That's awful. Um, no, I know it was bad. That's him at work. I don't have time to pay attention to that stuff. I'm busy. Kinda. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think? And here's my initial reaction. And part of me still thinks this: Do you think they could have got more if they were to piece those guys out? I think they could have gotten more in terms of quantity. We talked about this last week. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, it's only been up for not even a week. Um, but we talked about this last week in terms of parting guys out. I believe in getting quality over quantity. I do think if they parted the guys out, they probably could have gotten more from a standpoint of like inventory. But I like what they've got with who they moved. Because when you when you really look at it, yeah, Cahill's having a nice year, but he's fresh off the DL. He's had, what, three, maybe four starts tops yeah um you know bookter's kind of regressed a little bit as well he's he's got good peripherals but he's not as dominant in the run prevention area as he was a year ago and mauer's been kind of a gas can he was kind of uh he's kind of a walking flame for a little while when he started the year and he's his peripherals look but good. he did go on a hot streak yeah he did no i mean his he's peripherals been very good. very good lately he stands yeah. that one outing in san francisco where he coughed up the lead yeah i mean he's he's been good overall he's had you know relievers you got one bad outing, and you know it, it follows you for a month. Um, but you know Maurer's been pretty good. But none of these guys are anything more than marginal major leaguers, except maybe Cahill, because he can start. He can maybe long relief. You know he's got a little bit more value because he can eat up more innings. Yeah, but Rosenthal says that he doesn't have the experience pitching in the postseason. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was Hand. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Why the hell everyone's Brad Hand to us, yes. and we're just so excited for him to get traded. We but. just want hand jobs, is all. Yeah, that's true. At least I want one. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, I look at it with what they gave up. It's their marginal major leaguers, except for maybe Cahill, and they got back Strom. Um, who I like after reading about him, and I'll go over some of the stuff I've been able to dig up on him. And Ruiz, who looks like he could be, you know, 
a good lottery ticket. Strom fits right in, by the way. I don't expect him to see this see him this year. He's out for the year with the knee surgery, yeah. sixty day DL. So he fits in just fine with this uh, with this franchise. Indeed, he does. But he's an exciting guy to look at. So I always I always name drop Eric Loggenhagen from Fangraphs, uh, who does a lot of really great in depth work. It's free. Keith Law does good work too, but I don't have thirty bucks to pay to read it. So uh, Fangraphs uh, does a really good job of. of writing up on these prospects and this guy going into the year in December which I think is when we started podcasting was around December right afterwards um, he had released his top prospects for the Royals and Strom was number one this was before the knee surgery kicked in uh, but he grades as above average fastball plus curveball potential plus plus and maybe a mediocre or fringy changeup in above average command he sounds like he could be a middle to back end rotation starter I said off air when we were going over everything fastball curveball combo left-hander and he's low to mid 90s he sounds like drew pomerantz yeah and then also i was i was mentioning what you've said before just with pomerantz hey you have a fast you have a good fastball and you have a good curveball just throw that yeah throw that that's what they did with pomerantz it's what they did with tyson ross and that's probably what they'll do with strom and, and they've done it with hand and chassin yeah and if you were listening on 94.9 today they had aj preller in um in the booth during the game with uh uncle teddy and jesse agler and he was saying that Strom, their intention is to use Strom as a starter. Yeah, he said the same thing on the telecast in the booth with uh, Grant and uh, Orsillo that the idea is, yeah, he can come out of the pen. He's had success, but they want to use him as a starter, and I think that's the best way to go. You develop a guy as a starter until he can't start anymore. Yeah, and, you know, with, with him, if he's a back end of the, of the rotation guy, I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay if he's a solid. I mean, I think he could be a plus relief pitcher. Yeah. Two two above average to plus pitches. I think that makes easy for relief. But yeah, if he ends up being a four or five guy to give up for six, you know, two months of Trevor Cahill and a couple of, you know, middling relievers, that's a great pickup if it was just him. Yeah, and I guess I don't pay as much attention as I like to think I do. But I was looking up uh, Bookter stats, and I figured. I mean, I know he was. A little bit older, but I didn't realize he's already thirty. Yeah, he's he's. They got him. I think he was a minor league free agent last year when they picked him up. And he's kind of like the the um, Phil Maton, where he relies on the fastball and the spin rate yeah, spin to get rate guys out. Zone. So a guy who's in his thirties, well, just starting his thirties, who relies on the fastball, that's not going to play that much longer, I don't think. No, it's not. No, I, I mean, and and again, relievers are volatile. Look how good he was last year. Last year, I was looking at him like, man, if he can come out. And have another year like this. With he was our control. Brad Hand last year. He was, yeah. It was him and Brad Hand. Brad yeah. Hand didn't get as much pub because Booker was doing so well. But it was him, those two. And I thought to myself, man, if both of these guys are doing well, we're going to have two of the top relievers. Well, you know, Booker came back and is having a solid outing. Um, clearly the Royals value him. They gave up two pretty good players to get him um, along with the other two guys. But, you know, that's the thing with relievers is that they're volatile. They can go one year to the under, another and you really don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, and the way that I look at it, and I was thinking about this on the drive home today, we got Maurer for Seth Smith. We got Bookter for nothing. Nothing. Didn't yes. we get him off waivers from the Dodgers? I think we either got him off waivers or he heap? was uh, – Yeah, he's a scrap heap. Either he was waivers or he was like uh, Schimpf where he was just a minor league free agent. Yeah, so we got Bookter for essentially nothing. We got Maurer for – was that one year of Seth Smith one at the time? One year of Seth Smith. Mm-hmm. And we got Cahill for money. I mean, that's basically, yeah, money's a big deal for the Padres, but he was just a free agent What's signing. Like $3 million maybe? Yeah, tops. yeah, and that's it. And, you know, to to flip that and turn it into what we got back, like I said initially, and I'm the worst, and I'll, I'll openly admit it, and I put on Twitter. We're, we're going to go through Eric's uh, reactionary <laughs> tweets here a little bit later on in the show just because they're hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was as they progressed, it's just a shit show. I'm a complete hack, and I completely, <laughs> completely admit to it. Like, I once, once just trades, trashing it. When trades go down, yeah, but I'm a knee-jerk reaction guy. When trades go down, I look at it and I see three pieces, and we got – what it was was when I see Travis Woods' name mentioned first, I'm like, what <laughs> <Yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> when I see Travis Woods' name mentioned first, I'm like, it is obviously this can't be the main piece. And then I look and I see Strom and I see 60-day DL. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? When you told me he was like 26, I was like, what? And yeah. then I realized, oh, he's injured. That makes sense now. Cause yeah. He's, he would be playing on the roster. And then I see Estri Ruiz and I said, of course. <laughs> yeah, Shocker. Yeah. Well, okay. we knew that was coming. I, I we think, did. I think we knew any trade Preller makes, he's going to grab some kid in the teens. 
that's I mean Ruiz is just now getting into the Arizona you know summer league you know rookie ball uh, he's he played in the Dominican summer league last year so he's he's in a similar position as Tatis was a year ago and by the way all the numbers we have on him rakes yeah he's got a lot of raw ability um, I guess he had explosive hands <laughs> <laughs> which I believe means he just has really quick bat speed. There's just not a lot on him right now. I mean, it's, it's it's the same situation. I'm not saying he's the same player or the same caliber of talent, but it is a similar situation where when they got Tatis Jr., um, and I think they brought it up last year too, or on the telecast with Preller too, but when they got Tatis Jr., there was, I mean, there was almost nothing on him. You could find some stuff, but there was almost nothing on him. And then he started playing in, you know, the Arizona Rookie League or Short Season Rookie League, whatever the hell they do out there. Uh, and then he started getting into obviously you know uh, low A, and now he's in Fort Wayne, and, and now he's on the map. But Ruiz is kind of in that transitional period too. He's signed, plays a summer league, and then goes and you know he's playing in Arizona, and it's going to be a slow pro, you know, a slow process. But we probably won't really know much about him until this time next year. Yeah, and let me rewind a little bit because what you said is what everyone is saying on Twitter. Now I'm not saying that he's Tatis Jr., but. And then they start talking and basically draw <laughs> comps to Tatis Jr. My only comp is that. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ed, that's exactly like when someone says, hey, I'm not racist. This is after they look around three or four times. <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> to make sure no one is around about who they're going to talk about. <laughs> hey, I'm not racist, but. And then they make a very racist statement. So I'm not comparing him to Tatis. I don't know, to be honest. I mean, none of us know. But. In terms of having enough information, that's the only comp there really is, is that he has not been in their system long enough to have any information. When Tatis Jr. was traded, I don't even think he was in their top 30. I mean, he may have been barely in the top 30 for the White Sox, whose system wasn't that deep at the time. Um, it is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, they've, they're have they've right up there with Preller in terms of turning around their farm system. But in terms of, you know, do we know he's going to be a good player or not? He hasn't been in the system long enough. I mean, obviously he's good enough to give money to out of the Dominican uh, or out of the, you know, July 2 signings. Is he good enough from a prospect standpoint? We really won't know until a year from now. I'm happy with Strom. I like Strom. I like what he brings to the table. I, I like seeing low to mid-90s from a left-handed pitcher. I like above-average fastball, and I like plus curveball. Would you be okay with the trade if Ruiz was not included? Same exact return, Ruiz not included. But not so no third player. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that because I don't value Brandon Maurer that much. I think Brandon Maurer is a gas can. I think he lacks uh, the ability to command the strike zone. He has the stuff, but in between the ears, it seems like it's yeah. Not he just doesn't. There. He doesn't throw strikes consistently. It's like when you get a guy like I'm trying to think of a closer we had, like Heath Bell when he was here. Heath Bell threw really hard, but he threw strikes and he yeah. could throw strikes consistently. Maurer doesn't seem to be able to do. That. He's also a big guy. He's like what six five. Well, to his credit, too, and I know stat geeks don't really put much into closers and the save. He's kind of put into a role that he's not used to at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's put in closer, save, whatever. He's put into a high leverage role on a team that needs him to do it because they don't have anybody else. So I, I can understand that because I do think that comes makeup and experience and things that don't show up on the stat board. My issue with Maurer has been the same issue since they had him two years ago in that he has trouble consistently throwing strikes, even though he throws ungodly hard. I mean, he's hit, I want to say he's hit 100 a couple of times this year. Yeah, he has. Easy. But he just doesn't know where it's going, so I don't have any faith that he'll ever develop into anything other than, you know, a solid reliever, but never an elite guy. Bookter's 30 years old. Cahill is obviously the main piece for the Royals because they need pitching. Yeah, and they so, need it now. Yeah, so I would have taken, you know, if they're going to salary dump Travis Wood, we need pitching anyways, he can fill in. Um, but I would have done that trade without Ruiz just because I like Strom's upside. And Strom's going to be 26 going into next year or 27. He's going to be in his prime. And he just helps give a nice young arm into that rotation where you're probably going to have a guy like Lauer or Lucchese or both probably start cracking the rotation in the next calendar year. Also with Strom, I, I believe 2013, he has already had Tommy John surgery. Oh, boy. Which from... I mean, yeah, when you say that, that's the immediate reaction. But I feel like the percentage of pitchers who actually have to have it twice... It, that's getting lower and lower. I feel I like agree. once they have it once, they just get it out of the way. I agree. And he already got it out of the way. But now, now that he's on the Padres and in our organization, he will probably need it tomorrow. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah. I do like that too. And the other thing is that he's going to be, like I say, he's, he's going to be 26 going on 27 when he actually gets an opportunity to, I mean, he's probably going to be handed a spot uh, next year and it'll be his spot to lose in the rotation. But I do like that they, they're getting this guy who's who's still relatively young inexperienced. experienced got a lot of team control 
And assuming he pans out as a solid three or four guy, I mean, if he pumps what Chassin's been pumping this year, and that's what he ends up producing as a left-handed pitcher, I mean, they got that for two months of basically Cahill, a 30-year-old reliever, and a closer who can't throw a ton of strikes, and they get that for his prime. So, I mean, he's going to be a free agent at, what, 32? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, one one thing that I want to go back and talk about here is with the, the Padres farm system. So everything that's going on with the White Sox and these tremendous moves that they're making, oh like my they gosh. are completely stacked for their system. And everyone kind of compares the two, and, and I even threw it out there. I said, uh, hey, Padres, White Sox, 2066 World <laughs> Series is going to be lit. Will I even be alive in 2066? Probably not. I'll be, oh man, I'll be in my 80s, I think. Yeah. Ugh. How many bankruptcies will it be by then? Well, I have to, you have to pay to file for bankruptcy, so it might only be one at the rate I save money. Yeah, so what I was thinking, with with these guys, you know... I Two s- divorces, though. I, s- <laughs> I, s- I saw everyone saying, hey, you know, what's up with the Padres? Like, of course, they are trying to, they're trying to rebuild, and I think everyone thought they were doing a good job at rebuilding until the White Sox did what they did. But it's also good to point out, and I believe you were the one that said this, was... Those players are older than our prospects, and they're clo- therefore they're closer to the majors. That's likely why they have those higher rankings. Because mm-hmm. once the rankings come out next year, Tatis is going to be really up there. He's going to be really high. Well, up he's there. already top fifty. I mean, I, the guy at you know Loggenhagen at Fangraphs, he was the first guy really to get on Tatis. I saw it when they he saw him taking hacks off of Brady Aiken last year. I think that's the name of the pitcher. Yeah, from the the blown out elbow. And yeah, yeah, Aiken. So he saw him last year and was like, yeah, he's he name-dropped him and said he's making big strides. Um, and ever since then, he's just been skyrocketing. He's already on Keith Law's, I think, top 15. You think he's ranked higher than Quantrill. He looks like a superstar in the making. But you're right. Some systems, because they're so – the Padres are, are loaded with prospects, but they're all in double-A now or lower. The White Sox, I mean, they've got Moncada, and he's close. They've got uh, – what's the kid they picked up from the Nationals, the pitcher? Is it Robles? No, no. I think the Nationals still have Robles. It's it's uh, Giolito. Oh yeah, Giolito. Go, I mean, Giolito. he's already made his major. He's still a rookie eligible, but he's already been in the majors. I mean, he's really close. Like I said, Moncada is close. Uh, Kopech, I think, is a little bit uh, far away. But the guys they just picked up again, you know, I mean, for uh, for Quintana, you know, Eloy is uh, Jimenez is is going to get closer. So they have and they have those impact guys at the top. Really, Giolito and. Moncada are going to put them over a lot of other systems because those guys are major league impact players who are right there. And you're going to see those guys in a calendar year be everyday regulars for that ball club. The Padres don't really have anybody like that. Their closest guys are more, not fringy. I mean, I think Lucchese's fringy, but like Lauer, who's probably a back-end guy. He's probably Strom, maybe a little bit less than that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where the Padres are in terms of like their closest prospects. Quantrill is, it's exciting he's in double-A and Naylor he's in double-A. But those guys are still a couple of years off. Whereas, you know, Moncada and Giolito probably going to be up this year, if not next year. Yeah, and that makes sense. And and on the note of uh, Tatis Jr. there, so surprise, surprise, Monday, he went yard again. He's hitting leadoff for them. Yeah, it's amazing. He is. He and is. I love it because who cares if he's, what, 18 home runs now? Get that kid as many at-bats as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so Tatis, he goes yard again. Shocker! Stunning. Steals another base. Shocker. And we we come to see here. Um, Padres Twitter was sent a buzz by a good old friend uh, Barry Bloom. And you said that you hadn't seen any of this, right? I saw a good friend of ours uh, dog him on Twitter, and then the typical "I have no response and I have nothing to say to uh, justify my idiot actions," so I'm going to correct your grammar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The typical internet response. So if someone were to say, typical Padres shortstop, Everett Cabrera, and to comp Tatis Jr. to Everett Cabrera, what would you say to that person? I would say that there's a lot of information online that you could read from people who know what they're talking about that makes you look like an idiot. Yeah. So Barry Bloom takes his info. He went to one game in Fort Wayne, and he just drew this automatic conclusion that Tatis Jr. is a bust. So he says uh, he made a throwing year and he looked awful at the plate. And that's where he says, typical Padres shortstop, Everett Cabrera. On one game? Yeah. So I'd game. like to ask Barry Bloom, how many players have you scouted? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you only have scout school, right? Like he could go to that. <laughs> yeah. And so he was just, man, all these people were just giving him so much shit. And I think he actually deleted the original tweet. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that he um, deleted the original tweet. But, man, he was just going back and forth. 
um, trying to trying to back his claim that Tatis Jr. is some sort of just scrub. He said that there's no one to be excited about in Fort Wayne. Oh, no. I mean, the, the one guy that's sitting there getting all-star, you know, superstar comps to Manny Machado, he's not anything to get excited over. That's coming from Keith Law, who does not like to do comps. Yeah. I mean, that's – you're getting – you got fan graphs, ESPN, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus. And, by the way, guys, always visit Mad Friars. they got tons of info. Um, but you have all these different outlets who are seeing this player regularly and talking to scouts, not just on the team, but within the industry. Comping this guy's like, yeah, he's going to be a star. He's, he's an all-star, superstar caliber player. Barry Bloom, think Tatis might make a major leaguer, might make a nice major leaguer, but not sure he's an impact player. He's batting 260 in single A. Two, two He's looking at batting average. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's going off average. And, and some guy hit some guy here, uh, Mitch at it me Mitch. He says you realize he's the age of a high school senior, right? <laughs> to which Barry Bloom has no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> but can we just talk about how ignorant of a statement that is? That there's no one to be excited about in Fort Wayne, based off of your one game that you went to. Yeah, Fort Wayne. Prowler actually came the same telecast. He came on today and said. A lot of their talent in Fort Wayne, you know, they've struggled the first half, but it's very prospect heavy. And what he means by that is obviously every farm system is prospect heavy, but what he's saying is they have so many young kids who are legitimate top prospects in the system that are playing them that, that they're developing as the games go on. So what an idiot, an idiot to say, oh, there's nobody to be excited about. When you have, I think, arguably their best position player, Easy, and Tatis down there, You've got Potts who's developing. You've got Onya who's really I was gonna done say, well. Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to just sit there and pretend like Onya's not batting no, over 300 yeah. if you want to go off of average? Yeah, we're not going to we're not gonna pre- pretend that refrigerator with legs is not yeah. down there smashing. Oh, and let's not forget my new favorite pitching prospect, Mikel Bias. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, he's just – what do you mean there's nothing to get excited about? Yeah. That what let's let's talk about bias and that's that's another thing today. The kind of the only bummer, the only bad part about today's deal was that it took away from the buzz of Padre Twitter for Miguel uh, Miguel Bias start. I almost called him Miguel. Uh, yeah, I, I was doing that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. So, yeah, let's call him Mike. Yeah. Okay. Suck, Cliff. <laughs> Remember that Miguel Ojeda. Hey, can we call you Mikey O? Mikey O and uh, Hank White. Yeah. So, Mikel Baez today against Kane County, is it any surprise at all that he just completely carved him up? No, he needs to go into Elsinore already so I can actually go out there and, you know, make a trip to watch him pitch. Yeah, exactly. So, Mikel Baez today, by the way, he moves to 3-0. Uh, five innings, five innings pitched, modest outing there. Uh, five hits, one run, one walk, nine more strikeouts. God! Nine strikeouts. Belt. He's punching out two guys in inning. Good yeah. grief. He's sporting a .78 ERA. Yeah, it's time to move him up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if, if it's one or two starts, cool, but this is his fourth start of pure dominance. Yeah, he's he's not being challenged. I do think that he can be up, and we talked about, uh, I don't know if we talked, we don't think we talked about it on here, but we talked about Mackenzie Gore off air, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I think he might, uh, I think he might come up in like 2020. Oh, no, we did mention it here. It's I just, think so. Yeah, I think so. It's been a long night. But uh, I, I think Baez could be up that soon, too. I mean, he's just – he's already 21, so it's not like he's he's young, but he's not that young. You know, He's not like 18. He's just carving these guys up. I mean, I, I could see him being up at 22, 23 years old. The reason why I think it's okay to move him up at this point is the control is there. And, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think control plays anywhere. I agree. Because the strike zone doesn't change. The strike zone's the same in Fort Wayne as it is in Lake Elsinore, as it is in San Antonio, El Paso, and San Diego. I agree. Unless I, Joe West is behind the plate. I was going to say or Angel, Angel Hernandez. Hernandez. <laughs> but other than that, the strike yeah. zone is the exact same. No, I agree. And I do think that it, it scouting the stat line's hard. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, he can say, oh, he's doing really well. He's he's probably too good for the league. I mean, it's, it's clear as day he's too good for the league. Yeah. So I was gonna say there's no probably about it here. Yeah, but I mean a strikeout to walk ratio, he's still attacking guys. Yeah, maybe he goes to single lane, he gets hit a little bit, but if he's maintaining that strikeout to walk ratio, he's not walking guys, he's attacking the zone. Yeah, I, I think that's something that's gonna play up as time goes on. Especially if he's such a big kid and he has this really simple delivery. I I really want to see him move up to Elsinore, not just because it'd be fun to drive up there and watch him, but I do think that's the next step for him. Because he's just—he's not being challenged at this point. In four starts, he's averaging less than a run per nine innings. He's striking—you know—guys out. He's—he's he's getting almost double-digit strikeouts and, you know, short outings. I, I think it's time to move him up. 
Yeah, and and I would agree with that too. And then that's another thing. Like if you, I think I mentioned this a few shows ago about uh, Quantrill. But if you give these guys a taste at the next level during the off season, that gives them something to strive for. Yeah, you know, that gives them something to fight for. It gives them motivation. And with guys like that, that's who you want to motivate. I'm not saying he doesn't have motivation, but man, if you go up to Elsinore, that's not motivating going into the um, off season there. Yeah, not only that, all he has to do is drive down an hour and. Hey, I'm in San Diego. I could I could be here in a couple of years if I really put in the work. Yeah, exactly. Another another guy who's obviously uh, we're very high on uh, through on Sunday, Morahone. So for Tri City, six innings, four so hits. So many prospects. Yeah, so many arms. Not as much position players as I would like, which is that ties into Ruiz uh, coming, which is always good. Adrian Morahone, six innings pitched, four hits, no walks, no runs, eight strikeouts. Good God. Yes. Good God. How old is he? He is 19. Is he? I believe he's 19. 19 or 20. He was yeah. born in 1999. So oh, he's 18. Yeah, he's 18. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, they have a lot of position players. It's just a lot of those guys came from the July 2 draft or, uh, or the July 2 signing period last year. Almanzar, Ornelas, uh, Onya, obviously, Tatis. But they have, I mean, they have a pretty decent array of position player prospects. They're just not as dominant as uh, the pitching prospects right. uh, and they're not as uh it's just not as fun to look at because they're kind of spread out whereas you know you've got Lucchese, Lauer, Quantrill all in double A. You've got Knicks and Logan Allen in, in uh, single A. You've got Mora Hone and Baez in, in uh, low single A. So it's just it's like every level except triple A which is going to be fun because next year it's going to be everybody's going to be up a level. You're going to have high A, double A and triple A with all these arms that are just being accumulated. And then, like I said, we're going to have Strom and then whoever the hell else they get for Brad Hand and whoever else they may trade, Shasin could be moved too. Yeah, that's very true. And I'll be really excited for that. Hey, maybe we'll record next Monday too. Who knows? Uh, next, don't bank on it. <laughs> next Monday is a trade deadline. That's so true. There's going to be a lot to talk about there at that point. So that's that's really exciting. Uh, they're going to have an off day that day. So Hug Watch 2017 will be on Sunday. Hug Watch? For, uh, for the Padres. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Um, there's obviously no game on Monday. So I I mean, that doesn't dictate when they're going to make the trades. But do you think Brad Hand, do you think he goes up to the deadline? Is he one of the guys that's traded last minute? I can see it happening, yes, because I think that Preller is very much holding on to that value. I can also see him using today's trade as leverage because if a team tries to come with him with a solid but moderate prospect and then like a high upside lottery ticket, um, I can see Preller saying, no, I got that for these guys. I want more for Brad Hand. I really do think, and I know, you know, my hero, Keith Law, says some guy should be fired if he gives the Potters a top 100 prospect for Hand, but I mean, teams want to win, and I can see somebody being desperate enough to flip that. It's not going to be the Dodgers. No. Because <laughs> they're running away at the division. But it's going to be a team like maybe the Cubs or the Brewers or there's nobody in the East or maybe the Yankees or some team that just feels like, or maybe even it's Boston, some team that feels like we have to get a reliever in here in order to solidify our team. We have to give up what we need to to get that. Yeah. So I can see Prowler holding on to the deadline. It could also be yeah. the Yankees. You never know. It could. They just got a couple of nice relief arms, but at the same time, I don't know how high they are in their own starting pitching. So they're going to want to shorten the games as much as they can. So I don't, I don't know if they can really count on these guys to go deep into the games. And let's face it, having Brad Hand in your bullpen once the – playoffs come around you could do a lot worse than that he, yeah he could throw multiple innings i do think i saw uh canely pitch the other night i think the yankees are okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> with what they've got so they've got chapman batances canely and uh robertson so i think they're fine take I, your pick yeah I, i'm pretty sure they're off the board but there's other teams like i said that are going to need guys um that are going to want to go out and, and make that move the indians could be a team like that where they could say hey you know what we got miller let's go ahead and get brad ham because now we can rotate these guys every other day Apparently, Brad Hand doesn't do good on back-to-back days. So they can go out and run Miller out there for two or three innings, and then the next night do it with Hand and just kind of rotate those guys. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the Royals are still there. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Royals decide, you know what, we're going to pony up and do one more. I mean, they're obviously trying to win with that core. So 
that, Who knows? You know what? That's that was one thing that I it was in my mind, and then we just kind of kept going. I think you mentioned Tatis, and I I just everything yeah. in my mind it just lost. That's that's how it's, uh, that's how it works with him. So with uh, with the Royals with Strom and your boy Keith Law having him with the number one uh, preseason Loggenhagen actually. Oh, was it? I thought it was. Yeah. I thought I saw my Law side had, my side scout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw Law had him as the number one too. He I'm, may I'm have. I just sure. didn't look it up. Now, is that from the fact that Strom is that good, or is that just a product of the Royals not having the best system? Probably a combination of both. I mean, he's rated so, like I said, if guys, he was. Let me ask you this: If he was healthy, where would he slot in our system? He'd probably slot near probably top ten, I would think, because really? he's major league ready. Honestly, if he was in our system, he probably wouldn't have slotted there because he'd already be on the roster. I think the only reason he slots there now is because he got hurt. Um, I mean, he's, for you guys, like the 20-80 scale, right? So he's a future 55, maybe 60 value. That's an uh, above average to solidly very good major leaguer. So I do think that maybe he might be a borderline top 100 prospect. He probably didn't qualify because he came up. But um, I do think he fits in very well in terms of being a valued pick regardless. And I think if we had him in our system, he would still be near the top. Um, just kind of like how Lauer's kind of near the top. Uh, maybe he'd be top 15, maybe top 10 because he's so major league ready. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I was just, that's kind of a thought that went went through my mind there. I'm like, hey, is this guy really that good or are the Royals really that bad? That's a fair point, but I think it's a combination of both. Speaking of thoughts that just run through your head, what I want to do now is read off your Twitter reactions. Oh, boy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so we're going to go through that. Again, you can follow me. I don't post anything, but you can give me a follow, and I'll return the favor at 5.5Dan. And uh, Eric and his wonderful Twitter, <laughs> at MiserableSDFan. He's a great follow. I will openly admit I fly off the cuff. I'm, yeah. I will tell you the first thing that comes to my mind after these trades before analyzing anything. So if you want uh, hashtag hot takes. These um, are these are hot takes, <laughs> hot, hot, hot caliente takes. Not my best moments. So here we go. This was six hours ago and on. So Rosenthal reporting that a source confirmed Mauer Cahill booked her to the Royals for Travis Wood, Matt Strom, and uh, Estuary Rees. And Eric's initial reaction, whoa. And then he goes, uh, rest in peace between two bases, which was a show Booker hosted. <laughs> I am sad that that's gone. I never watched it. Was I, it I good? stand by that by that tweet. Was yeah, it, it was good? really funny. Really? If you like between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis, oh, then, then oh, that's yeah. what it's based on. It's between two bases, <laughs> but it's Booker. I can't believe you've never seen it. It's really funny. I'm sure they I'm still have home. it. Oh, I'm sure. That's great. He actually was in character saying he would not miss Brad Hand. Yeah, that's that's the best. That's the absolute best. <laughs> Straight faced it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and then uh, again, knee jerk reaction. Awful, awful trade. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, but there's more. So uh, the Royals uh, posted uh, a uh, welcome with all three of them, and there's bland ass uniforms. And they go welcome, Mauer, Cahill, and Butcher. Butcher. Oh, yeah. And Eric. They misspelled it. Eric's, yeah, they misspelled it. He it's said, so Padres, but it's the Royals, yeah. so it's funny. <laughs> he goes, Butcher, Ella, hashtag, Padres essentially traded these guys for a lotto ticket. Strom sucks. <laughs> Wood is an absolute non-factor for future plans. Wow. Well, I was two-thirds right. Yeah. The only thing, though, is that Strom doesn't suck. Yeah. So you're more like one-third right. Uh, anywho... Uh, the next one, uh, Eric, I don't know how you get anything done at work because these are like in consecutive order. Yeah. Uh, I'm the knee-jerk reaction guy. Knowing me, I'll actually wind up doing my homework and end up liking the trade for the Padres. Hashtag Homer. Yeah. And it lo gets, and behold, here we are. It gets better. And then uh, oh, and then we talk about the tank. The Padres called up Dusty Colin, I mean Coleman, and <laughs> Jose Ruiz to fill two of the vacated roster spots. And the real tank begins. Yep. Uh, let's see here. And then you uh, you like the idea of Ruiz coming up. Who, by the way, guys, he's a converted catcher. He's everything Bethancourt wants to be in life. Yes, exactly. And he actually can spot the ball where he wants it to go. He's not uh. just up there throwing hard and, yeah. uh, oh, the rest will figure itself out. Yeah. Made his major league debut as well about, uh, what, 20, 30 minutes ago. About an hour, I think. Yeah, scoreless ninth. So uh. good for him. I'm, I'm happy to see him. Yep. So we keep moving right on through with Eric's uh, takes here, his hot takes. This is actually the last one on that trip. Yeah, so it's 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 an hour. It, it took him an hour, folks. He basically <laughs> took a break, went to the bathroom, took a dump, reviewed some info, and then came back uh, enlightened. I am such a hack, he says. I should learn to not tweet until like an hour after each trade. The more I read, the more I like. 
Yep. And uh, that was uh, pretty much it. Oh, he had a, a retweet of good old Friar Phil. I advised for a good time. Go ahead and check that out. And, Friar Phil was fired up today. Oh, indeed he was. Uh, dumb Padre fans uh, had a good uh, tweet today. Uh, if you guys don't follow, there's a lot of good stuff going on with Padre fans tweeting and all the podcast. The golden age of podcasts, as our good friend Jagoff calls it. Uh, but uh, at Dumb Padre fans, please find it and please read it and retweet it because it is hilarious. Today, some guy tweeting along the lines of, they traded a cyan candidate in Trevor Cahill, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> And to Cy Young candidate. And to, to Padres Twitter's credit, that was the only one that I saw about saying, hey, we always trade our best players. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wasn't so much, hey, like, it wasn't that take, like, we always trade our best players. It was more, it was on both ends of the fence, it's, so or both sides of the fence. It was either, hey, look at this return we got for barely giving up anything, and then also, wow, we traded these three guys, and this is all we got. Yeah. So there's those two, and I didn't see, to Padres' Twitter credit, credit. I didn't see any, um, we always trade our best players. I think everybody's just burned out. <laughs> I think everyone knows, and they're, yeah. and they're accepting the fact that this is the way that we're going to end up building. Yeah. Except Friar Phil. I think, he think he's more, Friar Phil's more upset at having to see Quackenbush pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the Friar <laughs> Phil take, that was, that was pretty good. I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> I don't know who the hell that other player is either, but I don't want to watch Quackenbush pitch. He was pissed. <laughs> That's the only thing, the only thing he cares about. Yeah, he oh. was he was pissed. So, um, you know, one thing I want to I want to bring up here um, in regards to prospects, because I mean, make no mistake about it, we we are focused on the future of the team. And, That's all and we got. Yeah, if you guys have noticed, and I've thought about this um, a while back, I'm like, or earlier today, I should say. Our last few episodes, it's it's structured around the minors. Yeah, we haven't mentioned much at all, aside from trades. We've talked uh, about War Myers and yeah, but you know, some so last stuff. Yeah, so I mean, we're focused. We're focused mainly on the minors. Me personally, that's where a lot of my attention goes. Mackenzie Gore today lit up the world again. He, um, uh, Padre, not Padre, at Ryan Luz, Ryan Luz tweeted out. He said, uh, "Check that." Mackenzie Gore has now struck out five of the six batters he has faced tonight. And you know what I've noticed on Padres Twitter, too? And I think it's starting to drown out the kind of Homer casual fans who, you know, like my, no offense, Mom, if you ever decide to listen, but, you know, my mom found out Maurer was trading. She's really bummed. And, oh, why do we trade these good players? It's like, well, we don't, we're not winning with them, Mother. I mean, they're still a losing team. So if you can get something back, that might help you win in the future. But I think a lot of those fans are getting drowned out. Yeah. Uh, by a lot of these kind of like, and who knew they existed, right? Like-minded Padre fans who are all on board uh, with the tank, who are on board with, you know, the minor league systems getting built up. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff on Twitter nowadays where people seem legitimately excited for the for the future of this franchise and the players they have in the system. A prime example uh, was Manny Margot last year getting a standing ovation uh, at the Futures game when that he made was that. cool. Yeah. He makes a game, a, a home run robbing catch out in center field. And, you know, yeah, he's from the Padres, but you feel like, oh, you know, a lot of these fans probably won't even know who he is. I mean, he got a stand. There was probably about a good 25,000, 30,000 people there. It's a very popular game. And he got a standing ovation. And he got a standing ovation when he came up to bat. And, you know, fans were excited to see Renfro and Aswahe. So I do think that the casual fan, and because, you know, the organization itself is putting, you know, good work into saying, hey, we have all these prospects, you know, check these guys out and make sure you follow these guys. I think it's it's a big plan to make people excited for it, and I do think it's working. I have noticed the Padres telecast, they are mentioning the minors more and more. Of, yeah, Of what's more. going on down there and highlighting certain performances. So I really think there's a conscious effort going yeah. in there. And I see it on Facebook, too, because they have the, the, the Down on the Farm report. I forget what they call it. Um, but they'll have the Padres on deck. Yeah, on Padres Twitter. on deck. There you go. Padres on deck. Yeah, and they'll highlight players that have done well. They have more articles. I feel like even when Hoyer was here, I think that's the culture Hoyer was trying to create. He wasn't here long enough, obviously. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But I do think that was the culture he was trying to create. But I really think that the marketing team has done a good job of pushing the farm system to the forefront to get fans excited for what could be rather than focusing the product on the field because if you do that you're going to lose i mean they tried that last year and it obviously didn't work nobody cared so i do like that they're trying to bring the farm system to the forefront to get fans excited in that way yeah and really when you look at it it's it's kind of funny given the product that's on the field now because i really do think like 
now the real tank is beginning. Oh yeah, it's always going to take place after the break because they still have guys who are really. But like now it's real. Like oh, yeah. calling up Dusty Coleman, it's real now. <laughs> yeah. The calling up Ruiz, <laughs> yeah, calling up Ruiz all the way from Lake Elsinore, it's real. Javi Guerra might get a shot. You were saying earlier because remember I I broke the news last week. He got moved to Double A. He's on the forty man roster. Yeah, it broke the news to me. Yeah, uh, Kevin Charity <laughs> also kind of threw it out there, and I don't know. I mean, knowing him, I don't know if he was kidding or if he was serious. But I think there's a little bit of serious in there where hey, he is on the forty man. He told me this yesterday. I bumped into him uh, in the hallway at work, and he said, "Yeah, I think uh, Eric Ibar is out for the year." You know, I think Guerra's going to get a call up, and I'm like, "There's no way." He's like. Well, they don't have any other shortstops. Uh, I can't and, believe it. And I, I have to credit him with the uh, Dusty Colon reference. <laughs> yeah. But he said, other than that guy, that's all they got. And he's right. I mean, yeah. he's really right. It is. It's funny to say it during this time and, and how it is. But now it's actually a good time to be a Padre fan. Yeah. I feel like. Because the, the future's bright. And I feel like everyone is finally getting on board in the same direction. That it's like, hey, we got to buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride now, but it's going to be worth it at the end. I think there's really only another year and a half, two years tops of it being really, really bad. And it hasn't even gotten bad yet. We were not the worst team in the league the last two years. They're pretty mediocre uh, in 2015. Last year they were whatever, and then obviously the second half. But there was some stuff that that jumped out at you. Brad Hand and Ryan Buchter establishing, establishing themselves. Renfro going off in September. This year, not so much. And yeah. now they just traded uh, three really, really important pieces to their current roster that they're basically going to patch job with. Travis Wood is not good, folks. He's not good. He's never not been at that all. good. So he's he's coming in to support the tank for the next year and a half. Also, they could just keep him the rest of this year, and if he performs well, trade him in the offseason, the winter meetings. Yeah, I, I think they might do that. Honestly, I, I think they picked him up because the Royals are paying all of his salary. They basically get a pitcher to take over for Clayton Richard for free. Yeah. So he's going to fill in now for Cahill for the moment. Um, and then I'm sure they'll figure something out. They have like Dylan Overton or some other scrubs that they can bring up uh, if they trade Chassin. But uh, I do think that uh, Wood is here to take a spot for next year. I do think that's a move to fill a body for next year. Can we talk a little also about uh, good old War Myers? No. Yeah, we can talk about Will Myers. Of course, I love Will Myers. I love White Queso. What did he hit? Four home runs in five games? He absolutely owned San Francisco. According to an interview or a comment I saw either on Facebook. Oh, no, it was Twitter. AJ Castavell. Give Castavell a follow. He's great. Um, but uh, he said that Myers basically had to convince himself and tell himself, oh, I love hitting here. I love hitting in San Francisco. He's lying to himself, but he just kept telling himself that. Until it was true. <laughs> well, it worked. Yeah, it worked indeed. It worked because, he, man, he tore it up that last series. He did. And he well, started. you know, I, I I should be up front. There was, I think there was one game he's like one for five or something like that. So I don't I don't really I'll – be, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a whole lot of baseball in the last week or so. But checking the scores here and watching, obviously, Padre Twitter, uh, Will Myers has been – he hit, what, four homers in five games, I think it was. He hit another and one uh, this we week, should, too. And we should point out last week, we said, hey, leave Will Myers alone. Uh, we got a a, sh- um, a shout out from our friend at work. So uh, good old Patrick Morgan. You can at, follow him at Uncle Patrick. Uh, no, it's at Uncle Pimo. Uh, Uncle Pimo on Twitter. Excuse me. So the next, I think the next day after he posted our our show last week, he goes, "Hey, can I just say thanks for defending Will Myers?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, everyone is shitting on him, and I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it either. Obviously, I mean, he's not some sort of elite player right now, but I don't get the hatred towards Will Myers. I don't either, and like. Yes, war is an accumulative stat. So you By the way, war, since you mentioned it before I forget, for those of you who are obsessed oh, with war, Will Myers war uh, 0.9. Ryan Buchter's war 0.7. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Myers having a pretty solid – I mean, honestly, he had one bad month. I mean, I'm looking at it. He had a really rough May. He he walked a lot. Uh, he didn't strike out too much. It looked like he just had bad luck. He had a 310 on base and 378 slugging. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume by look. It, it, I know people don't like Babbitt, but it is indicative. He had a really rough month. I mean, real bad. Real bad luck. And that was it. Other than that, he's raked. He slugged 593 in April, 459 in June. Uh, he's slugging 446 for this month. So is that elite? No, not exactly. But, I mean, he's posted double-digit walk rates each of, the, each of the past three months, including this month. April was the only one he didn't. But he was raking that month, obviously. I mean, he, you know, hit... 36 uh, points above league average. But after a really rough uh, May, uh, 26% above league average in June. Uh, Right now he is uh, at league average right now. So he's holding it down. He's doing just fine. Uh, 
He had one bad month that's kind of skewed his numbers a little bit. And I think people just need to relax. He makes $4 million. He's still somewhat young. And it's really only his second full season in the big leagues. He had a half a rookie year, and then he got hurt the next two years. Yeah, exactly. Lay off. Leave him alone. He is fine. (laughs) He's an aggressive defensive first baseman. Defensive runs saved are not indicative for a first baseman because it's not the same. They get balls thrown to them. And he does fine. He's hitting just fine. Relax. Yeah. He's on a tear right now. Just leave him alone. Let me let me ask you. We'll go down the list with the trade deadline being next Monday. We'll go down the list. So, and I'll name off a few guys, and you tell me if next we'll say next Tuesday deadline's on Monday. We'll say next Tuesday. You tell me if they're still with the club or not. We'll start pitching. Clayton Richard. I think he's still going to be with the club. There's no team that's going. My mom actually asked me, "Oh, they still kept Richard. Nobody wants him." I'm like, "No, no, nobody yeah. wants him." I, I would agree. I would agree with you there. I think I think he sticks around by default because no one's going to want him. No, and I do think they need some bodies in there. So I don't think. I to th- his credit, he's going to eat innings. Yeah, I mean he's and he's hit or miss. You know, he's probably going to finish around a four, five, four, six ERA. That's roughly a quality start every time out. So. I think they wanted him to do well and hope they could flip him, but I don't think they cared that they have to keep him because they do need him. So yeah. I think he'll be here. Yeah, I, I would agree there. Um, second one, we'll stick with the pitching staff. Uh, Juli Chassin. No, I think Chassin's gone. I think a team that needs pitching at the back end of the rotation is going to pick him up. What, Pro- ki- what kind of return do we get for him? I was just going to say. It's one of our best friends. We're always on the same page. Um, I think they're probably going to get – Either they're going to get some kind of like fringe major leaguer, maybe a guy who probably projects to be a Chassin type, or some lottery ticket that's, you know, in the low minors, low A-ball, 19, 20-year-old guy. You mean cash considerations? I hope not. (laughs) Cash considerations are useless. (laughs) Okay, um, let's go down the list. Obviously, Brad Hand. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he, he... is AJ there, Preller should be fired if Brad Hand is not traded by Monday. Is there fired. Any, is there any and we'll get back to, we'll get back to that. I want to remember that point. Um, is there any way that he sticks around through this offseason he gets traded in the winter meetings? Any way. Like would you fault the Padres? Would you fault AJ Preller for saying, "Hey, this is my price. If you don't meet it, then fuck off." And no one meets it, so he hangs yeah, on to it. I I would because the difference with Hand, you can do that with Kimbrel when your best offer was, we'll eat Jerko's contract, give you Jorge Mateo. You can do that because Kimbrel is elite, and you know that in the offseason, teams are going to want to pick him up. Hand, I don't think of as the same way. I think that they, maybe they could trade him in the offseason, but it also kind of deludes the market because everybody's a contender. When everybody's a contender, it kind of waters down your market because teams you can't play hardball. Whereas if you only got two or three teams competing, you're saying, look, I got the one piece nobody else has. You can't go in free agency and pay for it. You can't, you know, pick it up off the scrap heap. It's right here. And if you want to win now, you got to trade me what I want. He's always going to have more leverage at the deadline. I think he has to trade a hand. I'm being facetious by saying he should be fired. Uh, But he should feel like he failed if he does not move him at the deadline because his value will not be higher after than what it is right now. Well, also, and when I was heading into work today, uh, Joel Sherman was on Jim Rome, and he brought he brought up the point that you have a, a few division leaders who are, like, they have double-digit leads right now mm-hmm. in their division. So their main concern is getting through October, not getting to the postseason. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the Dodgers, without Brad Hand, they're fine. Oh, they're going to coast. I mean, they're... They're talking about, you know, the Dodgers are, you know, they'd like to add the left-handed pitching or they'd like to add a starter like Darvish, but they're not going to give up the future for a rental when they're going to coast to the division anyways. Yeah, so that, I mean, you could really take three playoff teams off the table right there for hand. I don't think you can take the Nationals out because they have so much bullpen issues. I think they're, and they didn't give up a lot to get uh, Madsen and Doolittle. They gave up enough, but not a lot. I do think that, that's maybe a, uh, an option you can revisit to see if they're willing to uh, play ball to deepen that bullpen and give Dusty Baker some more options. We all know Dusty Baker likes to run his guys out there for innings. Oh, yeah. I think Brad Hand would be a good fit to plug in at the back end of that bullpen to give him a third additional arm that they can rely on. So I do think the Nationals are still in play. But the teams I think that they can really exploit are the wildcard teams. You know, you look at the – I don't know what the Angels' record is. Um, but I know that you know, obviously the the Astros are running away with the division. Yeah. But the Mariners are very close. Um, you the look Rangers at, are. Oh, are we going for it or are we selling off? I, I think they're saying how they're going to play the next week. But the but you look at other teams like you know, the Twins are kind of close. 
because um, they're not too far back. They're obviously going for it because they traded for Garcia today. Yeah, exactly. The Twins aren't too far off. We've already talked about the Royals. Uh, the Indians might. I mean, they're only a game and a half up, the Indians. They're not dominating. They've, they've really stumbled out of the gates. The Cubs are another team that could maybe want to get some relief innings because they need some help with, uh, you know, Wade Davis can't do it on his own. Um, so there's another team. Um, so, oh, but I thought no one was going to trade with A.J. Preller after the medical issues. Yeah, that's a bunch of malarkey. Keith Law put it best. If you've got the talent somebody wants, they're going to trade with you. They don't have a choice. No doubt. So one one last piece that we'll uh, touch on for the Padres uh, trade deadline. Next Tuesday, he's been hurt. Is Solarte still on the team? Yes. I think he's still on the team because he's still hurt. I think there are teams that really want a third baseman. The Red Sox are off the market. They brought up Rafael Devers who some idiot on Twitter said that uh, the pot or no, somebody Jagoff tweeted something where some guy wrote an article saying that uh, Devers should be traded for Solarte. Oh boy. <laughs> it was pretty Oh, bad. I think that was Togerson. I think we, I think Togerson. we talked about that at work. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Togerson. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's one of the guys that's more football. So I kind of cut him some slack. He's trying. The chargers are gone. So, I mean, he's, he's trying. You got to do so. your research, man. Nobody's going to trade a yeah. major league regular for Rafael Devers, the number one, third base prospect in the in the minors but um swing and a miss Togerson yeah swing and a miss uh on your back knee but um no I think Solarte will stick because he has been hurt he hasn't played I think it kills his uh value he's a guy I can see them moving in in the offseason because of his contract to a team that might need a third baseman I don't know what team would need one or do you see them trying to push him through waivers Maybe if he he's can a come back, deal? he's got to come back. I well, mean, yeah. He, I mean, he's got a week. So I, I can see him maybe being a waiver deal. But I think it's really hard because he's got to have to come back. He's going to have to get really hot, and the team's going to have to be willing to risk it on an injury like an oblique that can kind of linger. So I, I think Solarte is more of a, a uh, off-season uh, move. One thing I do want to – I want to throw at you and see what you think because uh, he's been hot of late, and uh, Preller went on the telecast and confirmed to Grant Norcillo, nobody's untouchable. Do you think he might trade Will Myers if the offer's on the table? No. Oh, that's that's a bummer. I do th- I do think he would seriously consider in the offseason. But at this point, he he'd have to he'd have to really get blown away to trade Myers. I agree. I, I would agree. I would be surprised. I would be open to it and and that that would be the trade to where if they trade Myers, I'm not I'm going dark on Twitter. I'm going dark <laughs> on Twitter for at least an hour. <laughs> Because you don't want to see my knee-jerk reaction to I that. can see the Yankees or the Red Sox, you know, being a team that really decide, like, hey, you know, maybe we can add Myers. He's not going to be, like, a uh, a main piece. but we Pay could, up. Yeah, we could we could give up a couple of good prospects for that contract because Hanley Ramirez is coming up on, what, year three next year? Yeah. And who's their DH in Boston? Oh, I don't know. Oh, they have uh, Moreland, but he's on a one-year oh, deal. right. Myers is being his prime. The Yankees need a first baseman. I really don't think they believe in Greg Bird at all. No. And I, and I don't think Greg Bird's maybe anything but maybe an, an everyday regular uh, at best. So I could see them uh, flipping, uh, you know, to try to grab a first baseman. But, yeah, I, I think you're right about the Myers thing, though. I don't think he's going to move him. And the reason I don't think so is because nobody's really looking for a first baseman. Yonder Alonso's having a career year, and the A's are having trouble drumming up interest, according to MLB trade rumors. They'll find a suitor. Oh, I mean, they will. We all know Billy Bean's going to get smoked in the deal, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll trade Josh Donaldson for slap-hitting Franklin Barreto again. Yeah. I feel like if we'd have just given... Wasn't that Brett Lowry? And Brett Lowry, yeah, yeah. who was since been DFA'd yeah. and is out of the league, I think. I feel like if we if Preller would have went to Billy Bean and said, we'll take Donaldson and we'll give you Spangenberg... And, you know, some other guys and maybe, like, I don't know, Freed. Yeah. Some solid, like, real top prospect. Oh, he would have done that. Yeah. We, we probably could have gotten Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Here's, here's another guy. Kirby Yates. Is he on the team next Tuesday? Yeah, I think he'll be on the team. Really? I think he'll be on the team because he didn't have as much of a track record. The thing with Bookter in hand, they've been pitching well for the last year and a half. Yates was picked up off the scrap heap. I think Yates next year will be in the position Bookter and Hander in. We're like, hey, maybe we can get a lottery ticket. Maybe something even better. Uh, for you know Kirby Yates, but he's he's been one of the better relievers in baseball. Uh, like I, I think I said last week, beyond the box score, which does some really good work, some really uh, fan friendly uh, advanced metric stuff. Um, did a nice article on him talking about how he's been legitimately one of the best relievers in baseball. He's been an absolute steal, but I think he's more of a next trade deadline guy. I think he stays through. Interesting. I'm gonna say that he's traded. Oh, 
I'm going to say that he's traded. I, I feel like they'd struggle to get anything of value. Well, to it's just like you it. said about relievers being volatile. You know, it's with him. He's who knows what he is through the rest of this year. That's true. That's also, what's <laughs> this is kind of funny. What's your take on? Uh, so I was listening to Intelligence last Thursday. Was a huge day for Padres podcast. We can't. We put one out. Well, we were the last entrance, but. Yeah. Thursday's our night, guys. Come on. we got to get on a schedule here. <laughs> it was, You know what would be really cool? And I was thinking, I was like, man, what if everyone just kind of like colludes together and they're like, okay, hey, you guys do Monday. This show does Tuesday. This show good. does Wednesday. We should look into that. We'll, we'll contact Jagoff and we come up with the, the golden age of uh, the Golden Age podcast channel or something like that. And it, won't no, it won't happen. It won't happen. But um, huge day. Huge day on Thursday. So if you tune into Gwintelligence, I want to get your, your take on uh, Marver's Marver's uh, idea. So he says, if you don't get, he kind of said what I said earlier, if you don't get the package that you want, oh, you <laughs> the package that before. you want for hand, <laughs> if you don't get that, you keep him. But not only do you keep him, you don't play him the rest of the year. You sit him the rest of the year. What's your take on that? Now, I'm not calling Marver out on this because I don't know the guy, and God forbid I talk shit about somebody who I don't know. But well, it, you don't have to talk shit about him to say it's an awful take. It. it I have heard the term Marver is an idiot more than enough times to understand that this is probably why I keep hearing this when his name gets brought up, because this is an awful idea. What? Well, no offense, guy. You're allowed to have your opinion, but what sense does it make, A, to keep him after the deadline, and B, why would you sit him if you end up keeping him? How does that build any further value? What that's, you might as well put him on the DL. It's kind of like Jagoff's This Week in Padre Twitter where he has the picture of that white guy. He's like, that moron Marver said what? That's probably where I, <laughs> it's embedded in my head because he has that picture, that thought yeah. bubble. I don't, I don't see it in on what planet. Yeah. That would be a good idea. <laughs> I don't get where that would be a good idea. I, I, don't, I, I, can't, I try to be as objective as possible with everything. I cannot see objectively how sitting Brad Hand the rest of the year if Preller is dumb enough to hold on to him, is a good idea. I don't see it. I wish I could have seen the look on Jagoff's face when he first heard that because he, like, cut him off. He's like, Marver, that's a dreadful idea. <laughs> dreadful? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's dreadful. Oh, man. So I just I just think of the uh, Captain Picard facepalm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Star Trek Captain Picard facepalm. That's what I think of when I hear that idea. Awful. I don't, I don't have much room to talk because today wasn't my uh, my brightest day. On, yeah, not on not the greatest day in your social uh, media journalism career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really not. Um, well, I mean, hey, we we weren't really even as of uh, what three twenty p.m. today, right before the trade went down. We weren't expecting to do this show until Wednesday night, but here we are, Monday. Uh, we weren't even expecting to do the full show. I was pumping gas in the car, getting ready to drive over to beautiful. Pacific Beach, and uh, great scenery out here, by the way. A lot of talent out here. Yeah, you should go to that Vons across the street there, bud. Maybe I'll go buy some beef jerky. If you like yoga pants and white girls, that's the place to be. I also like beach shorts and white girls. Does that... Is that, a, is that a good spot? Maybe not at 10.55 at night. Oh, but. well, I'll take the yoga pants. A man can settle. I am willing to compromise. Uh, but no, I wasn't even expecting to do a full episode. I was pumping gas and eating beef jerky, and all I get is a text of, I really don't want to meet again Wednesday to re-record you just want to do the whole episode now? I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And also, this we, we have on this episode, and I'm praying that the sound quality comes out fine because uh, we have a different recording device We this got time. updated. We've been upgraded. Our previous uh, excellent recording device is now the... Uh, Ultimate yeah, recording it's device. It's now the uh, America's Finest Digital Studios 2.0. Yeah. So essentially, we have a lot of the equipment from the Cave of Echoes. Minus the bat caves. Minus, effect. hopefully, minus the echoes. Yeah. So I think we have that uh, worked out there. But um, I think that'll about do it for today. Um, for uh, Danny here, follow him on Twitter at five point five Dan. Again, I don't post anything, but I will give you the obligatory follow. That sounds very tempting to follow. I don't post anything. I really don't. I'm only on there to read. I'm on there legitimately for the reason you told me to get on there so I can read all this trade stuff. Yeah. So follow me on Twitter at MiserableSDFan. And Eric posts a lot. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Prepare to have your timeline bogged down. Yeah, find us at uh, AmericasFinestDigital.com. Uh, do you have anything to add before uh, we get out of here? Um... No, I, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. Nothing. Well, I, I do have I have one more thing here. So on Twitter, if you if you really want to break down and if you're if you're tuning in uh, today because there was the trade and you want to read you know, you want to hear about it and and uh, we appreciate you wanting to hear what we have to say. But uh, if you want to read about it, Padres Prospectus, um, they put out great work there. And uh, this guy's name is Chad. Uh, it's at the Chamner. 
uh, put out a really good read today in regards to trades. So it kind of breaks it down. So maybe we should have said this at the beginning of the show. <laughs> hey, if you don't want an hour long, awake. yeah, if you don't want an hour long, long winded explanation of the trade, just read this because he really broke it down well. So. Um, that'll do it for this week. We'll oh, check I in. have something, by the way. Yeah, we're still taking Twitter questions, guys. So don't yeah. let, don't wait for Eric to put it out there. Tweet at me or tweet at Eric if you have any questions, anything you want us to go over. Any idiot saying dumb pottery things that uh, you want him to want us to rip him a new asshole for? <laughs> by all means, just tweet at us, and we'd be happy to go through them and and make sure to uh, shout you guys out. We really do appreciate you listening. Yeah, we really do. And we'll even take questions like uh, at thirteen Mazone, what comes first, Padres pennant race or? Uh, Washboard abs for at 5.5, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to say at the rate I'm going, I might get the washboard abs first. I, I think if we keep training for 16-year-olds, I think you're right. Yeah. We'll check in next week after the deadline. We're out of here.